Hello, hello. Welcome to the Behind the Scene podcast. We're based in Spokane, Washington, serving the Pacific Northwest. We're finding the businesses and organizations that we have seen, know, and love, and sharing the whole story about their brand. The businesses and organizations that we all see and know have a unique story that has made them a success. Together, we're creating relationships with the businesses and organizations that make this region one of the most vibrant and dynamic places to do business. So I'm your host, Doyle Wheeler, and today we have the privilege of having Emily Cameron from the Downtown Spokane Partnership with us. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come be with us. Absolutely. I have a feeling that this is going to be a very helpful episode for anyone that listens. What is there not to be optimistic about downtown, right? This is the, I would say, most exciting place to be in the Inland Northwest right now. 100% agree. Not only four seasons, but a vibrant startup community around here, just infectious. It does. It has an incredible business community and really an excitement about what is happening in the business community and not just in one industry, but you look at every industry sector and there's something great happening. So whether it's retail or food, I mean, talk about an incredible restaurant and foodie scene um, to entrepreneurship ideas. You know, we have uh, an incredible mix of industry and ideas happening right here. Totally. Totally agree. So tell us about yourself. I'm excited to hear a little bit of your background and how, what got you to Spokane and taking care of the DSP. Absolutely. Well, so I am officially, I think, nine months into being uh, in the Inland Empire, which is, you know, coming from California. Um, we have our own Inland Empire, but I would argue that uh, the Pacific Northwest absolutely takes the, the cake, right? <laughs> um, so originally from Northern California, uh, grew up in Davis, which is a town right outside of Sacramento. Um, and moved to downtown Sacramento as really Sacramento kind of learned about urbanism and reinvention and how we wanted to develop our central city. And as a young professional, fell in love with the idea of city making, civics, and supporting a small business community, um, in particular 2008, 2009, right as the recession was setting in, mm -hmm. um, Sacramento really found its identity. And we found our identity through um, our small business community, through um, young professionals rolling up their sleeves and saying we wanted to make this our home, arts and culture, and really just learning who we were. Um, and that brought me to working in the world of downtowns. Uh, awesome. Went to work for the Downtown Sacramento Partnership about the same time that we were fighting to keep the NBA Kings in Sacramento. Uh, was very active in the effort to build a downtown arena. So I learned a lot <laughs> about investment and how projects can actually be the start of a huge domino effect. And obviously that was a very big project, the arena, but um, how that fell into city making and the idea of this um, weaving an urban fabric and oh, yeah. all the different pieces that go into that. It's not, I mean, yes, there are catalytic projects, but it's all about walkability, transportation, and all the other elements that go into uh, building that type of environment. So fast forward, uh, spent several years working for the Downtown Sacramento Partnership. And while I was there, fell in love with the world of downtowns. So uh, participated in the International Downtown Association's fellowship program in New York City in 2018. Became a board member on the California Downtown Association and really 
as I like to say, drink the Kool-Aid, <laughs> uh, which is funny because the work that we do is oftentimes, you know, we're uh, the unsung hero sometimes. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work we do is on the ground level. Um, we're building the foundation for many other great things to happen. And so a lot of times people say, now, what do you do again? Who do you work for? <laughs> so uh, long story short, uh, this work brought me into Spokane. Um, and I do see a lot of similarities with Sacramento and Spokane. Agreed. One being seasons and mm -hmm. the access to an incredible um, you know, outdoor environment and being able to take advantage of the things that nature has for you. But then also this really sort of inherent uh, pride in place and people from Spokane are very proud of Spokane and it's infectious. Oh yeah. And uh, I've only been here nine months, but you know, being able to now, I guess, officially say I'm a Spokaneite too, uh, has been really exciting and it's, it is, it's a badge of honor. Awesome. When do you think someone actually becomes a, uh, a, uh, Spokaneite? How long does that take? Well, as I'm now <laughs> getting through my first winter, I would argue, right. If I've shoveled enough snow this go. year that, um, it, <laughs> counts for at least a couple winters <laughs> you're in <laughs> yeah. no kidding no kidding that's funny i didn't even think about that that's cool yeah they warned I, me it didn't actually snow that much and then november came and i was starting to think that everyone was teasing me <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had a different winter mm -hmm. we've well the last couple of years has been very strange weather um you were here last year for the runoff, like the, on the river. You could, the, so I, Memorial Day weekend was when okay. I officially made it up to Spokane. Just missed it. Uh -huh. The The runoff last year, I think was as high as it's ever been. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. We had a weird spring where it's like, um, a massive dumping and then it got cold and then it got instantly hot and all that water hit the river. It was cool. I, mean, I do remember like the flooding. falls being incredible i mean yeah. that walk along riverfront park um when i first arrived in spokane i always take it literally took my breath away <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, um uh photographers love spokane falls mm -hmm. but only once in a blue moon when is it's it that, that full, big and yeah. vibrant yeah yeah it's pretty <laughs> cool so um for those of you listening to this podcast that is interesting interested in understanding what downtown spokane partnership this question is for you mm -hmm. can you explain what the downtown spokane partnership is all about i can summarize it short and simple by saying it is about creating community and economic vitality in the heart of the spokane region i mean that's really it's, it's simple but uh at that's the same perfect. time it says it all <laughs> i agree with you uh, we are, have an exclusive mission of how do we make this a better place? And we do it through the lens of economic value. You know, we want this to be a place where you want to open a business, where as an employee, you want to work. Um, now, especially probably now more than ever, it's a place where you want to live, where you mm -hmm. want to play, where you want to recreate. Downtown is so unique because it's everyone's neighborhood. It's a place where everything intersects. So whether it be commerce, government, nonprofit, um, all of these parts of our lives come together in a downtown. And our job is to enhance and make it better. So at its very core, we're managing the Business Improvement District, which is a financing mechanism to provide enhanced municipal services. Gotcha. Very fundamental, right? Clean, yeah. safe, and welcoming. That's the foundation of a healthy place. Um, and then the Downtown Spokane Partnership comes in on top of that to build identity, branding, 
the cool factor. How are we making this a place where we want to do business, where our employees want to come to work, where you want to live, where you want to go to a show, go to a restaurant, and really help to build that um, ecosystem that Spokane knows and loves? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a huge history in Spokane. And one of the things that I can highlight that um, just from a creative point of view that I've noticed from I've grown up in Spokane, so I, I don't know any other place mm -hmm. than Spokane is my home. Um, but the architecture around here and the good stewardship that has been done to preserve the architecture, even though there's new buildings around, mm -hmm. it's really neat. The integration that's gone in into the area and the region as new things have popped up. It is. It's one of the many things that makes Spokane so unique and yeah. really a gem, right? And um, in some ways, it's been this hidden gem for a long time. But you come here, and I mentioned Riverfront Park taking my breath away the first time I was here. I would argue almost every street in downtown does the same thing. You know, yeah. it's, I, I find myself oftentimes as I'm walking, just sort of glancing and getting lost and looking, you know, at the skyline um, because it is such an incredible story with every single building that you're walking by. Yeah, totally. And to see how it integrates with the new too, right? I mean, right. talk about building a city and what the future of cities look like. That is the city is how do you uh, create this kind of combination of old and new and make it you know, these synergies work together to produce something that's incredible for the future and the next generation. Yeah. And then take that to business. I mean, we've got some businesses that have been here for over a hundred years. That's you know? a testament to Spokane too. I mean, <laughs> exactly. it's pretty incredible. I hear almost weekly a new story about, you know, a company that's been here for generations or that have their world headquarters here in Spokane. I was just this morning talking to a company that just a few blocks from here have their $4 billion company whose world headquarters are right here in the heart of Spokane. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It is. Yeah. Start writing the list down. I want to interview them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and just right off the top of my head, every day we drive by the general store. That place has been here and it, it seems like it's hardly changed, but the contents of the store are still there and accessible to downtown. You know what I mean? People go there to shop. It, I mean, and again, it goes back to the Testament of Spokane that you have these businesses that have been here for decades, generations, mm -hmm. right alongside startups and new businesses <laughs> and to see how they're able to in some ways, kind of help each other along, right? I mean, you have the institutional knowledge of these businesses who've been able to adapt decade after decade to someone who's saying, okay, what do I need to know to, to thrive, um, in particular in downtown today? Yeah, totally. So what's the key to a business thriving in Spokane? Determination. Boom. <laughs> uh, you know, and really for any business, right? I mean, that's what why I think we fall in love with small businesses in particular. Um, it's this heart, this grit, this determination, and the sort of all-in mentality, yep. right? Um, and it's contagious. And to see small businesses, and in particular, I would say, you know, it's something that downtown, um, I would say maybe we have a little extra of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we have, you know, people who are, especially when you're opening a business, you're putting it all on the line. You're saying, you know, I'm, I'm taking this risk. I'm willing to do this because I believe in my dream. And as a community, how are we helping them achieve that dream? Yeah. And so they've got to be determined, but at the same time, collaboration and how we come together. Um, and small businesses, I think, do this in a way that you don't see often. And I would say even in Spokane, not just small businesses, you see 
the culture here of how businesses are helping each other kind of all collectively rise. Um, you see organizations like Ignite, I think is, are a really good example where they're supporting and seeding and helping businesses through the process of being able to thrive in Spokane. Um, and then you see, I mean, restaurant community, I think is also a really great example of this where, yeah. you know, they should be competitors, right? But yet they're all looking at, okay, if you succeed, I succeed. So mm -hmm. how do I help each other? I think I saw recently there was a post about one of the restaurants, for example, had short staff. And to see all the other restaurants come together and say, hey, I've got someone I can, you know, help you here, do this, and we can help you out. It's, I mean, that's what it's all about, this small business ecosystem of how do we all together help each other to rise and succeed. Chad White just showed up on the podcast again. It was Chad <laughs> there, White. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's in our building. Yep. Zona Blanca. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, we were, that he so he he put the post out and I saw it that night. And the next morning he was in here prepping in his restaurant and I went in and offered to do anything, mop the floors, whatever. And he's like, got it all covered already. How cool is that? And I mean, that again just shows you what a community is Spokane. Totally. That it took less than 24 hours for everyone to say, you know, okay, how do we help? Tell us where to show up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we've been in the restaurant marketing business for quite a while. And so we, we know enough mm -hmm. of back of house to be dangerous, but don't want us in your kitchen. <laughs> but still, we can mop the floor. <laughs> well, and then, but then the flip side of that, right, is these restaurants, how many times have they come to the aid of our community? You know, exactly. you think about the last two, two and a half years during COVID is a great example of that when, I mean, they were hurting in a way that I don't think any of us could have nope. imagined as an industry. And to see still so many restaurants who said, how do I help? I will, yeah. you know, figure this out. And I think that was really a testament. And that shows you today with those restaurants and others too, that are now kind of coming back and thriving. And, you know, the reality is they still have a lot of challenges in front of them. So yeah. as a community, how are we embracing them and returning all of the favors that they've done us for the last several years to say, we're going to help you succeed. We're going to help you come back. Totally. Yeah. During the pandemic was literally the most inspiring time I've been in business. Good. Being able to mm -hmm. help work with restaurants that were trying to pivot and find a way forward. And there was a lot of money that was available to help, but you had to work for it. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, it's not a handout, you yeah. know, and limited staffing. And anyway, um, the people we were working with, um, went way out of their way to make sure their employees were still getting paid, even though they couldn't be in person. It was oh. awesome. I mean, really, I've never, and you know, two plus decades now of, you know, professional experience. I've never seen anything like the yeah. last two and a half years. Nuts. Um, and, you know, and, and all the emotions and highs and lows that go with that too. Yeah. Um, being a business owner, I mean, it's never easy. No, no. <laughs> um, uh -uh. And, you know, I think it's sometimes easy to forget when someone's succeeding how hard it was to get there yeah. and all of the sacrifice that it took to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, going back to kind of the downtown association, what we're doing, it's how do we create this ecosystem where they can thrive, where those resources are accessible, where they have the, um, you know, connections or collaboration to be able to get to that point where they're hopefully able to bask in some yeah. success. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There was a lot of neighborhood vibes going on mm -hmm. in Spokane. It was pretty cool. I mean, you still feel it today. Matter of fact, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and downtown Spokane is so unique because it really does have this residential base already, yeah. you know, and, and that is unique. I think we saw that front and center during the pandemic, which is having a mixed use neighborhood in particular, a mixed use 
downtown is a game changer. And having activity 24 hours a day to mm-hmm. be able to say we're more than just a business district or we're more than just a residential neighborhood. Yep. We're a little bit of everything. And you saw communities that leaned into that during the pandemic are coming out of it stronger. And that's totally. why I think Spokane has a really unique opportunity as yeah. we move forward to continue to build on the blocks that kind of already have us there. We want more residential doesn't mean we don't want commercial and it doesn't mean we don't want office, but how do we lean in more to this truly mixed use neighborhood? Yeah. Agreed. Love it. That's a a true vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts as far as um, the, the recovery from the pandemic or was there even a need for a recovery? It's almost like it just kept going. Well, I think you can't say that there have not been and still uh, are not impacts that are, um, you know. Ripples. Yeah. Uh, it really is. And I think the easiest one to see is still the um, environment day to day, you know, our foot traffic. It's interesting to see how foot yeah. traffic trends are coming back. And in some ways, you know, I'll use a good example. Um, Pride in 2022 had the highest foot traffic for Pride ever. In and downtown that was Spokane. Lockdown. You know, uh, 2022 was not. Oh, I thought um, you said 2020. I'm sorry. 2022 had the highest pedestrian traffic we've ever seen for the pride. Um, And that was while other events are still kind of making their comeback. And so you're seeing events and activity are drawing people in a way that even pre-pandemic numbers are being exceeded. But then you're also seeing, you know, a Monday morning at 10 a.m., significantly lower foot traffic than uh, 2019. And so looking at, okay, what does this next normal look like? Because we do want activity. It's still, it may not be, the office traffic activity, but we need that vibrancy and that activity. So is it through a different lens or is it a different, you know, is it uh, because we have more neighbors and more residents now that foot traffic is they're going out to get their morning coffee yeah. and back to maybe working remotely in their apartment versus working in that office. I also yeah. think it's premature to think that um, this is the future of office and how it is today is how it will be a year from now and two years from now. We are still seeing on a week by week basis, more and more offices are seeing people return to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you are seeing, you know, the fluctuations within the office. I think flexibility is here to stay. Um, yep. But you are not going to, I think we will still see over the next year, two years, three years, steady, more more people working in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also can't fool ourselves and think that we're going back to, you know, January 2020 and that's the way it will be. Yeah. I, I think there was a, a massive hit to current, you know, to what things were when lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've embraced some of those changes. So, so like in our company, we do flex Fridays and we have the capability to work away from the office. Right. Um, but we build our team culture off of being in person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with being gone for a day and people working off the couch, cuddle up in a blanket. That's a, you know, it's a, it's a cool feature to have. Um, but we also have the office available and if, if it's a big project or whatever, we can come in here and do meetings, whatever. So it works out. Well, and that's where building again, these amenities that make it an attractive environment for your employees. Exactly. Right? And we have heard over and over again, people want to come back because they miss going to lunch. Yep. They are tired of the brown bag lunch, <laughs> right? <laughs> they miss those places and going to lunch with a coworker or going to grab a drink. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing more and more of that coming back. And that's actually what's really bringing people back into the office is one, the opportunity for these uh, collaborations and collisions and idea making that just, 
unfortunately, virtual is great and, you know, there's opportunities to do things, but there's nothing that can quite mimic that brainstorming session that when you're absolutely together and the creativity that happens there. And so add that to being able to experience these things that, you know, people still want and crave is, you know, I think it's just human nature. We want to be with other people. We want excitement. And yeah. that's what going to a Cochinito for a busy lunch and grabbing mm-hmm. a taco or going to happy hour or even just walking through Riverfront Park. I mean, again, I would argue we have one of the best urban amenities on the West Coast right here in Spokane. And it's only footsteps from so many people uh, during the day or, or evening. Riverfront Park is a part of the Spokane culture. It's, it's cool. It's. I mean, I obviously I haven't seen it since before the the major renovations, but it is. I mean, it is just stunning and unique. And uh, I mean, at least once a week, I'm walking through it, if for nothing, just to the opportunity it. to have fresh air and to be able to to have such access. I mean, I think sometimes it's easy to take it for granted that you have this great amenity that's just right there. It's super cool. And it's just, it's so amazing. And just the connection now with the North Bank and downtown, it's, I mean, that thing is just going to continue to keep taking off. And I really, you talk about catalytic projects. I mentioned how Sacramento, really the downtown arena was this big catalyst and the entertainment center that kind of came up around it and the ripple effect there. Riverfront Park is absolutely one of those catalyst projects. Totally. Yeah, the the way they the well, it comes right back to how architecture is um embraced old school Spokane, you know, like the um the way the clock tower never moved, mm-hmm. which why would it? But <laughs> the the way the park was reinvented mm-hmm. around what already existed is super cool. I mean, the the bridge never really changed where we could we call it the orange bridge now, but it, it never used to be cool looking. I'm just saying <laughs> now that now and as the steps down to stand almost on the water it's uh-huh. super fun and safe so that's cool and it seems like that the artistic impression that has been built into the river, riverfront park as we know it now is um less destroyable like people mm-hmm. see it as an art form and why would we want to tag it or why would we want to pee on it or whatever you know what i mean yeah. so it's cool it's a great environment yeah Love it. it. Uh, like I said, there just really is nothing comparable in Spokane. Um, I mean, obviously, the secret's getting out. <laughs> yeah. People are moving here. People are coming here, which is not always a bad thing because we're, we're taking their ideas and uh, helping it, helping to build our community. Um, but as we grow, we're at a critical point for Spokane, too. And one is that how are we fostering the next generation of business? How are Smart. we addressing things like housing and some of the other pain points that can come with growing as a city? How are we ensuring safety? How are we, you know, building cohesively in a way that continues to make Spokane strong? A majority of those answers are in, wait for it, North South Freeway. Let's get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word. I, I, uh, my neighbors, um, people we work with downtown, that's kind of a buzz right now just because the funding got cut short or proposedly got cut short. But I know that's uh, hopefully that will, while it was a proposal, hopefully we will see it continue uh, to be a priority. It is interesting again, coming to Spokane and realizing as I'm driving up and down division, is this the only way I could get all the way up here? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Um, As much as we talk about growth, I just don't understand it. And I've lived here for 35 years and, it just, it blows my mind that that is the way to mm-hmm. get north. 
And then there's the why, and you go this way or that <laughs> way. And it's like, come on, you go to Seattle and things just move. I mean, yeah, it takes 50 hours to get to one end of town to the other, but, um, it, it goes, it seems like it is much smarter vision of moving forward than hitting division in every stoplight. Well, and Spokane is fortunate and that it has a very robust public transportation system. Yep. Um, and, you know, I know we're really excited about the launch of City Line this cool. summer. I think that's going to really be an interesting, not only just for downtown and Central City, but talk about, we talk connectivity, right? Yeah. And in particular, these amazing educational institutions that are just in the heart of our city and to be able to connect students with downtown and neighborhoods that has a whole new opportunity to open up downtown in a way that we've never seen before. Yeah. I'm pumped on that. It's going to be super fun. The electric buses that, that are coming out too are super cool. Fun to see those rolling uh -huh. around. It's like a new I love era. it. The lilac purple, yeah. right? <laughs> so cool. So back in the day, this dates me a little bit, but when I was younger, um, I used to ride the bus. They had a, uh, express, Thing. It only made four stops between the north side and downtown. Mm -hmm. And I'd ride that downtown and then rollerblade to work. And it was, it was. We must be the same generation. I rollerbladed <laughs> to work in high school. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, it's easy transportation. Good for your health. It is. Yeah, actually, might have been the best shape of my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and the cool thing is, I wasn't motivated to do it to save money. It was a different way of getting home or getting to work and home. And, now we have last mile alternatives, the uh, Segway scooters and mm -hmm. Lime scooters, whatever, um, one wheels. It's cool to see that starting to evolve and the young young generation, Gen Zers starting to hit the bus. And it, it, Well, it again, it, it's, it's about accessibility, yeah. right? And so whether it be, you know, there's vehicle traffic, there's bike and micro transit, there's public transportation. I mean, all these different ways that people can circulate and access downtown and the neighborhoods and back and forth. And I think, you know, again, this being a community that is focused on sustainability and how are we maintaining the natural beauty that's important, yeah. you know, how are we ensuring that uh, we don't want congestion either. We talk about right. the South Freeway and, and other things too. We're not looking uh, to have everyone stuck in a traffic jam. Now we still want to make sure everyone can get in and, and access downtown the way that they want to be able to. But yeah. adding all these new options creates more opportunity for people to Absolutely. come in and out. Yeah, it's super cool. It's fun to see this all starting to come mm -hmm. together. Well, I feel like Spokane has definitely grown substantially and definitely thriving. What are your thoughts on the next five years? What do you, what do you, what's your vision of the next five years in Spokane? Well, I think Spokane is positioned in really a very unique way to grow in a very thoughtful, but also in a really exponential way. Yeah. Um, so we saw, I mean, we were the hidden secret, uh, and now <laughs> we're on, you know, front page of, I think what was it? livability, best places to live, you know, yep. top five underrated city, you know, you name it, we've made the list. And so we know people are looking at us and the spotlight's on. How do we now take that to our advantage and say, okay, um, let's use this and grow. And so that means looking at what type of industries can we um, foster here? Who's already here that we should be supporting to expand and grow here versus pick up and move to Austin or some of these other locations? They should be here in Spokane and continue to be able to thrive here. Yeah. And how are we supporting that? And then how are we being, you know, again, we have these great educational institutions with an incredible knowledge base. We're teaching the next generation of talent. 
So how do we make sure they want to stay in Spokane and apply that skill set right here in Spokane? And that's part of what the downtown partnership is about is how do we help create this place where people identify with it, where they're emotionally connected and invested in their place in Spokane. So they want to stay here. They want to work here. They want to live here. They want to build their families here, invest here. And over the next five years, how do we continue to strengthen that? Um, Yeah. Really make it so that people feel like, uh, you know, one of the best things about Spokane is, again, this sort of inherent pride that people have. How do we leverage that in a way to grow industry, grow commerce, grow um, residents and really grow ideas? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a awesome vision to have. I love it. (laughs) Future is limitless, right? (laughs) Oh, unbelievably. Yeah. Um, And the art scene is blossoming i love seeing uh, like our young artists that are coming up absolutely Uh, i mean you talk about building an identity and building a place and and you know this emotional connection between you and your place and when you establish mm -hmm. you know this connection or this emotional relationship with your place you you foster it in a way that you just i think you can't even put it into words i'm having a hard time yeah no right it's and arts and culture are so intrinsically intertwined with that, right? So, um, you know, my my grand vision is I want to see a mural on every corner, right? Oh, I, love I mean, that. I just think that the way that it enhances the pedestrian experience, it um, it enhances the environment, it it people take care of their place in a way that they didn't before. They, yep. They're proud of it, right? I mean, there's a reason. I think about this about two years ago. I was in Bozeman, Montana, with a group of girlfriends. We'd gone for a ski trip. We're driving down the highway, and by highway, I mean like a two-lane road. Um, and But there was this building that had this beautiful mural. We literally pulled over, all got out, took our photo, put it on the gram, you know. But those are the kinds of experiences. And then all, back home, all of our friends saw it and said, oh, you know, I got to go check that place out. Totally. And it's a little bit of that, too. So it's, it's almost this sort of um, we're building our own group of mini champions to help us pr- to promote Spokane. Um, as a place to visit, as a place to, you know, come bring your talent here. Totally. Um, but it's art just has this unspeakable way of connecting you with a place. And um, whether it be through murals or sculptures or even, I think, unexpected ways. You know, um, I heard a talk several years ago about this idea of you don't need $8 million and, you know, a, a riverfront park. It can be as simple as $250 in a weekend to address the little landscape strip totally. in front of your business. Or, you know, those are the things, the unexpected ways that we can take advantage of our place and, and build it up. Now, the key to that is also then being able to, if you're going to make these investments, how do we um, help them to continue. So for example, we don't want to see murals that are defaced or covered in graffiti, right? It's going to require upkeep and that's where organizations like the downtown partnership come in or cities and others and how we help to continue to maintain those. Um, but it's art. It just has this incredible opportunity to see so many other things bloom. Totally. Shout out to the Benson brothers. (laughs) If you guys ever listen to this, um, I'm stoked on their work. So the bridge at the end of second on Maple, there's a really cool Benson Brothers work. They also did the uh, um, Steelworkers Union, and they're on the side of Hoffman Music um, building. I've seen that one. Okay. Okay. And then Uh if you look up in the Spokane Arena, they did the whole ceiling. Oh, wow. In the uh, entry of of that. And so um, this idea of having artwork in public places 
and investing in it, it does shape Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, another place you can see their work is on the um, Maple Street Bridge. When it, I think it's Maple Street Bridge when you're coming. Oh, uh-huh. the mural that's when you're coming yeah. up on. Um, it's like an S turn yeah, coming uh-huh. south uh-huh. off of Maple. Anyway. Yeah. That's cool. There's a lot of awesome artists around here too. Melissa Coles, she does a lot of mosaics, but she does some paintings too. Her work is all around Spokane. I know there's more, so Mm -hmm. we'll make sure to get a post out (laughs) about that and see what, who else to call out in the future. Well, but again, that's, that's part of this, you know, weaving this urban fabric or this, you know, this identity in a place is art has this way of unifying all backgrounds, all people in a way that just is, um, refreshing and and authentic too right yeah well clearly you can see what i'm passionate about so dsp advocacy interested Mm -hmm. to hear and uncover this for people listening to the episode that are learning about dsp well i mentioned that at its core the downtown spokane partnership or dsp um, our mission is creating economic and community vitality in the heart of our region and when we talk about advocacy it's through that lens how are policies supporting that? How are policies helping us, um, helping this community to add economic vitality? So how can commerce thrive? How can small business owners thrive? Um, a lot of what we talk about is the foundation. So clean, safe, and welcoming. How are we ensuring that those foundational elements of this place are here so that residents feel safe they're in their neighborhood? So that employees want to work at their office. Love it. So that visitors want to come back and spend their dollars here. So those are the things that we're really working on. And, and you know, it takes a variety of things and, and balance too. I think, you know, we're unique. We have employees who are in the field seven days a week. They are cleaning the sidewalks, you know, power washing, removing snow, sweeping, removing graffiti, removing litter. We have our security ambassadors who are walking the streets every single day, making contact with individuals who sometimes are in crisis. And, um, you know, it, yes, we are trying to help commerce thrive, which means, you know, how are people able to open their business and, and not have their sidewalk blocked for their customers or their employees yep. when they're coming in. But also, you know, we see firsthand the effects at living on the street can have on individuals Mm -hmm. and um, the toll it takes. And so balancing, you know, how are we helping to connect people with housing services, support they need? And, you know, over the last several years, decades, I mean, to see mental health crisis, substance use abuse, I mean, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And we do have firsthand experience in seeing uh, the impact and toll that takes on individuals. Big subject. It is. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the ambassadors, the downtown partnership ambassadors are the coolest people in downtown. I just got to throw that mm-hmm. out there. And my interactions with them has been nothing but awesome. Um, uh, and it's because of uncomfortable conversations that I actually mm-hmm. talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's over a situation that needs help. And it's awesome because um, they're a kind resource. It doesn't involve having a police show up on, have a, a you know, a, um, a law enforcement individual show up because it's not needed. Mm-hmm. Whereas a few years ago, that would have been the only answer. So that's cool. And I love seeing how um, they care for the flowers hanging from the lights. And um, and then on the flip side of that, being in, the, um, in, in restaurants or whatever, and 
there is an urgent need and how the um, business owners take care of them. It's neat, like cup of coffee, mm-hmm. cupcake, a burger, <laughs> whatever the case could be. So it's a, it's a really neat integration. It so. is, you know, and we have some ambassadors who have worked for the DSP for 20 plus years. So cool. Uh, I mean, what bus- there aren't many businesses <laughs> that you can say you have that kind of no. tenure with employees. Good retention. Um, and But they also have some of the hardest jobs out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not easy to uh, have to clean up some of the things that they clean <laughs> up, right? Yeah. Um, or to have some of the interactions that they're having when you're interacting with someone who's in crisis. Yeah. Um, but they are absolutely dedicated and believe in the mission too, right? We yeah. all have this role to play in creating this healthy, safe and welcoming place. Yeah. So it's awesome. And so the, I would, I would, I would say that that's a number one reason to come downtown and enjoy your space. It is your town. Come enjoy it. Um, there's people looking out for you. It is. I mean, they, so it's a security function and it's also a hospitality function. You know, I joke that sometimes the number one question our ambassadors receive is, can you help me find my car? I forgot where I parked. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And it's, you know, so they serve the full gamut. It's, you know, uh, it's eyes and ears. It's, uh, we are, you know, the downtown area that we manage, it's 80 square blocks. So, you know, we'll have an ambassador probably three, so 363 days a year we work. Um, by the end of that year, they could have walked to New York City and back oh five, times, five times. Five times. <laughs> wow. So um, it's, you know, like I said, it's not an easy job to be on your feet 10 hours a day. No. Um, but they have a fire in their belly and the passion for downtown Spokane and just to see the interactions they have not only with you know, individuals, but with business owners. I mean, most of our ambassadors and businesses are on a first name basis. And then you see people, visitors who are here. So whether it be through conventions or just, you know, here for the weekend to shop at River Park Square, um, they serve this very unique role of being able to interact and support um, commerce and activity too. That's so cool. This is starting to become a clear reality of why you're here. (laughs) It's neat. This is going to be a very helpful episode. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Spokane BID? Yes. So Spokane BID or business improvement district. So, uh, we are one of a thousand plus similar districts across the United States. A little quick history lesson. The first business improvement district was actually in Toronto, Canada. Um, that's where the model came from. And, um, really it is the private business community coming together and saying, we want, a higher level of service in our area. And we are willing to self-assess ourselves in order to fund these extra services. Wow. Um, and over the past 20, 30 plus years, you've seen that grown in communities across the country. So I came from downtown Sacramento where we had a very similar downtown Sacramento partnership or the other DSP uh, <laughs> here in Spokane, the downtown Spokane partnership is a, uh, manages the business improvement district where we have roughly 1500 ratepayers. So that's uh, property owners and business tenants who self-assess themselves in this 80 block area for enhanced municipal services. So that's things like additional litter removal, graffiti removal, street sweeping, the security ambassador coverage. Um, it's also things like events and programming. So part of our clean and safe strategy is an activated downtown. More eyeballs, more foot traffic, more activity help to contribute to a cleaner and safer downtown. Well, I should say 
safer downtown, cleaner, then we'll have to come back and make sure that <laughs> <laughs> the the event uh, didn't impact project. downtown too much, right? But um, uh, and that goes into again the amenities that I talked about. So food truck Fridays, that's oh, an yeah. amenity for your employee. Um, and then things like business support services. So just this week, we saw three new businesses open in downtown Spokane. Those are the kinds of things, whether it be through ribbon cutting or helping to connect uh, businesses with the information they need to open and then continue to thrive in downtown. Love it. Mm -hmm. Well explained. <laughs> so it's a little bit of everything, but in a way it's also uh, really, again, going back to that core mission of how are we um, providing the service that enhances the reason why downtown is so great. Perfect. How does DSP work with local and state governments to help Spokane businesses? You know, the role we play as an organization is a facilitator. Oftentimes where the downtown Spokane partnership comes into uh, play is how, how do we convene uh, all of these organizations from the private sector, from the public sector, uh, from the nonprofit sector to come together and solve a problem. Oftentimes that's really who we are. Is gotcha. How do we get the right people around the table to tackle the right issue? Um, and whether it be issues as big as homelessness or as uh, targeted and focused as a trash can really could go on that corner. <laughs> Smart. You know, so some of it's very tactical and short term and some of it's some of the bigger uh, issues that it's going to take more than just us to be able to, to help solve. But really what's so great about a business improvement district and organizations like the downtown Spokane partnership is we, um, we often sometimes are an extension of our public partners, but have the nimble ability to react, pivot, adjust the way that the private sector can. And, uh, and again, okay. because we are the service provider for property owners and business tenants, we have the accessibility and credibility oftentimes uh, to help bring different parties together. That's great. Okay, that's that's actually really helpful. So this would be the cliche. You know, why doesn't somebody do X? Because mm -hmm. it would really help. That's uh -huh. the answer. That's, yep. yeah, that's <laughs> so cool. So our job would, would be, okay, who needs to be around the table to start making X happen? Cool. So... No question is ever too small. <laughs> Just bring it up. We yeah, got to get started exactly. here, my, hey. my friends. <laughs> cool deal. Um, what would you tell a future business owner thinking about opening up in Spokane? Do it. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, really, like I said, this is a, there is no better place to be. This is a community that's only going to continue to grow and expand in ways that will contribute. Um, to helping a business thrive. I think that you have the right uh, network. So you have a neighborhood of like businesses and supporters who want to see you succeed. You have organizations like the Downtown Spokane Partnership, the city. Uh, you have uh, private organizations too that are ready to say, we want you to succeed here. Um, and uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be here in Spokane. There is a massive amount of help and I would say that it's uh, it's so much better than it was five years ago. And it wasn't bad five years ago. It's just better. Well, and I think that's what you see. I mean, the more that you see a community like Spokane who really kind of comes into its own, you see people enjoy helping each other, right? Yeah. I mean, it's your success is my success. So mm -hmm. how do I help you succeed? Because there's going to be a day where I need you too. Um, and I think, you know, the restaurant example that we talked about earlier 
nail in the head. Yeah. Um, it's uh, how do we come together to help all boats rise? Yep. And Spokane yep. has that attitude. I mean, that's what uh, I really appreciate mm-hmm. is that genuine, genuinely and authentically, I think people here want their neighbor to succeed too. Yeah. Um, Adam Higstead, he owns a few restaurants here in Spokane and he started Crave TV mm-hmm. and his first order of business was never to go to his restaurants and highlight them. He went to everyone else's restaurants mm-hmm. and other businesses. It's super cool. Like, um, who, who'd think that that would actually help their business. Right. And ma- maybe it doesn't indirectly, it will, but uh-huh. right then it doesn't. And you can see that played out in multiple industries and, um, facets in Spokane. It's pretty cool. Well, and to see also across industries too. So it's yeah. not just restaurants helping restaurants, but it's <laughs> totally. you know, restaurants helping uh, the arts community, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Or arts working with retail and, you know, and, uh, and then office working. It just, it, to see this intersection. And again, I would argue that what you see intersect in downtown is you just don't see it anywhere else. Yeah. That's the beauty of downtowns is where all these different things can come together, collide and make these great collaborations. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a growing consensus that people want to get downtown. We want (laughs) them downtown. (laughs) We want you downtown. I know it. We live and work down here all the time. Every day we're driving from the North side down here and there's nothing I'd rather do than take 30 minutes to drive downtown. And then you're downtown. It's like, Oh, this is so cool. You see something new every day. And I've lived here all my life. I'm still trying to eat my way through downtown. Good so luck. I figure <laughs> So are we. Right? Until I <laughs> until I eat my last restaurant, there's no reason to get off the grid. <laughs> no, don't do it. There, and then by the time you get to the last restaurant, it's gotta start all over someone's going to yeah. start up something new and you got to check it out. Totally. Um, I can't wait to uncover that here in a little bit and see where some of your favorite places are so far. What would you say to a business owner in our community to inspire, inspire them to keep on going? It's a great question. You know, it's, I, I, I think believe in yourself. I mean, it's to open a business and continue to operate a business. You have to have this inherent drive that's uncomparable. And, uh, it is so easy to, especially, you know, it's no two days are the same. And especially I think the last two years when it was hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, what does that look like? What is tomorrow going to be? Am I still going to be here tomorrow? And, uh, running a business is so difficult with so many different decisions, whether it's, you know, dealing with labor shortage or talent acquisition issues, inflation, um, interest rates. I mean, you name it, it's like, what other obstacle could there possibly be at this point? But, um, to be able to continue to, truly believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it uh, will absolutely help you succeed. And then I think the biggest part of how you will succeed in business in Spokane is you've got to be a part of the community. Totally. You just, I mean, you cannot succeed here if you are not a part of the community. I agree. Um, And there is a thriving um, community in Spokane that is different than I've ever experienced in other places. Um, Our work takes us different parts of the country and different parts of the state and it still comes back to you go to a community event in Spokane, people are going to show up, mm-hmm. period. Ticketed or non-ticketed, right? If it's a free event, people are going to show up. There's value in community. And I think that comes from our generations passing it down to us, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I, it would be an interesting statistic to find out how many generations of people have stayed in Spokane from their f- original yeah. family. You know what I mean? 
um, there's a reason there's businesses that have been here for a hundred years. Which I mean, Spokane. talk about what a testament to Spokane. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, to the point of this whole podcast is it's behind the scene, and there's there's a rich, um, vibrant DNA to everybody's business. Um, doesn't it, no matter what restaurant it gets opened, it's going to be different than the one across the street, mm-hmm. whether it's the way it tastes or the way the business is built. Um, there's a story behind it, and the keep on going of here's how you're going to make it is keep building your story. Keep, yep. keep grinding that story out. It's your legacy. It's going to be your history. Um, well, enjoy the, just, enjoy the process. And, and I think that's, what's so unique about Spokane is the story of oh, Spokane, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it is about all these different pieces and how they fit together and how they're building on each other. And I mean, that's really what excites me is, okay, what's the next chapter? What's going to be in that chapter? Yep. Because each chapter is built on the prior and, uh, to see legacy businesses and how, I mean, Spokane's also very unique to see how the business community has invested back into its community. I mean, you look at some of the cultural institutions that we have here and to see, um, you know, how they were supported. I'm, Expo 74, which I know we're coming up on the 50th anniversary commemoration in 2024, right? Yep. To see even just that story of how Expo came to be. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about impressive, right? I mean, there's a reason why people are very yeah. proud of that here. <laughs> yeah. There was a river built for Expo 74. <laughs> Can you believe it? That's oh, funny. You know that there's two rivers in going through the park and the slow uh-huh. one was man-made. Oh, just, really? I don't just know for Expo that I knew 74. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the gondola, I mean, but again, it, it was this project that, right, coalesced people in a way because there was a defined outcome, right? If we did this, we were going to get this. Yeah, totally. And so I, I, and you saw, again, the business community really come together mm. and say, you know, this is important. We want to get this done for our community. And we can handle it. Uh-huh. The impact of the, the people, the, the foot traffic coming into Expo 74 had it been out of like. I know. To be a fly on the wall in 1974, no right? Kidding. To see that. I mean, I've seen the before and after photos and it's, I mean, it's nothing short of jaw dropping to see. Yeah. Um, and to see, I mean, just to even be a fly on the wall in some of those planning conversations and how, you know, talk about getting people from different perspectives around a table to get you know, something of that massive and that magnitude done. <laughs> totally. Um, incredible. So um, the entrepreneurial scene in Spokane is gaining momentum every year. And it and it's, it's fantastic. It may be one of the most unspoken things to our uh, current um, residents. I don't think it's coming out in the news as much as it could and et cetera, et cetera. So what are some no- notable startups on your radar? Like what are just off the cuff. Well, personally, because I'm a wine, beer, and food lover, I'm going to have to keep it in that category. Okay. But um, to see what, especially what's happening on the West end of Spokane with the breweries. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, talk about arts creating a community. So does beer. <laughs> yeah. And to see these kind of entrepreneurs that are believing in the product that they're building. I mean, which talk about really, truly, unique product. Yep. Um, I really think that that is something that is not only going to continue to build this identity and be the fabric of Spokane, but to see it's not just about beer anymore, right? I mean, it is about what goes into making the beer. So it's ag science. It's And then that ripple effect back into some of these other 
entrepreneurial startups yeah. and um, some of the work, again, that going back to what Ignite and Ahana and others are doing to foster this community and, and leverage these connections. So the end point is the great beer that we get to drink. <laughs> but how does that trickle back down to these startups that um, are really starting to take advantage of where we are in that proximity? So personally, I'm going to say the breweries. <laughs> yeah, and it's thriving. It's It's really becoming a trend. Oh, it is. I yeah. mean, and again, good beer is where community also starts. You know, I, I can't claim it's my phrase, but one of my favorites that I have a good friend who likes to say, no good idea happens over a glass of water. <laughs> um, it's true. I mean, you talk about community building again and, and how we collaborate and over a good pint is yeah. absolutely how that gets done. Uh, yeah. It it gets people talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In it's ways absolutely. that they wouldn't have five minutes before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'd say the same could be said about coffee. Yeah. It seems like uh -huh. our coffee shop environment is quickly picking up. It's pretty cool. And seeing people pivoting on their original idea and becoming a, a, a opening up of space for coffee. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, Bobby Enslow and, and Daba Coffee, I think are a great example of that first shop opening Broadway, West Central neighborhood, which I think, I mean, even today, I think a lot of people may not have the determination and fortitude right. to think that's where I'm going to open my first business exactly. in my first coffee shop. Right. And then now you see the shop on Riverside, which is just, I mean, you want to talk about how people and ideas coming together and what happens there is just incredible. And then the connection that has with Ignite. Yeah. And then now the new shop that he's opening on Monroe and, um, and North Monroe and what's happening in that district. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's coffee and beer. I mean, really, does a community need more than that? <laughs> <laughs> Morning and evening. Right. <laughs> and, and so for people listening that don't have, um, don't really know this yet, uh, it, the Indaba coffee on Riverside has the Ignite loft in it, um, or just adjacent to it. And the only way to the Ignite loft is to go through Indaba, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Ignite Northwest is an incubator for um, startups. So you need more information on that. We can put a link into the bio or to our social media posts around this episode to get more information. Uh, good ideas can happen in a collaborative environment and Ignite is the definite way to go. Tom Simpson and Camp are doing an amazing job over there. Speaking yeah. of beer, Square Keg um, here in Spokane yes. got on Shark Tank. I watched that episode. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. And innovation. Oh, my word. Anyway, a topic for another show, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> um, what what current um, what are the current marketing initiatives to attracting startups to Spokane that you have going on? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I think this applies to probably more than just startups. It's how are we creating a sense of place? How are we creating an identity that people want to be a part of? And so... How are we as downtown becoming this, you know, hub for the region that people identify with? You know, when you think of a place, you think of it's downtown. So when you think of Seattle, you're going to think of downtown Seattle. When yeah. you think of Baltimore, you're going to think of downtown Baltimore. That's, you know, then there will be the other places that you go to that you will eventually associate with it. But that's really how you identify a place. And so how are we creating this identity for Spokane that's authentic and true to Spokane? but also something that can identify and attract visitors, talent, employees, student, business, yeah, yeah. investment, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so I think for us and our marketing activities, it's about creating this vibe, right? It's mm -hmm. about how are we making this an exciting place? 
where Love it. how do we leverage this great foodie scene, the beer, wine, you know, that we have here? Um, how do we leverage these incredible small businesses? I mean, the boutiques that we have in downtown Spokane, uh, if, if you like shopping, <laughs> this is the place it to is. be, right? Um, and so how are we, again, leaning into that and showcasing that and the amenities that are here um, and building that identity and through events and other things? That's where I'm really excited to see you have Riverfront Park that's putting on these great events. Yeah. We have uh, the PFD, right? So the arena and the podium and soon the new stadium and all of the activity and entertainment there and the synergy that creates with the Fox Theater, the Bing. Um, I mean, there's just so many things to do here. So how do we amplify that? Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what our marketing is about because that then creates a place where people believe in their ideas and they want to invest uh, in getting those ideas off the ground and helping them to thrive. Yeah. Interesting. Um, from the startup community, my involvement there, um, one of the things that came up with a industrial park that was being built, um, it w I think it was on the edge of Spokane. can't remember. It might have been on the edge of Idaho. Anyway, we were really promoting Spokane through that mm -hmm. because it was a great place because you're close to power. Mm -hmm. You're close to four seasons. There's something for everybody and cost of living isn't as extreme as it would in a typical startup, startup environment. The encouragement was is to take your startup from California and bring it to mm -hmm. Spokane, reduce your costs and enable your people like to have a better life. Um, the school system in Spokane is, uh, it's great. It's great. And there's options. If you need a certain thing for your kid, there's an option. There's mm -hmm. between public and private. Um, the list goes on. Anyway. Well, and, and I think that's where, again, sort of these spokalades are there the best go. of list, right? It's, <laughs> it's all these pieces that come together that make Spokane the place. Yeah, um, totally. And of course, selfishly for me, it's downtown Spokane sure. being the place. Sure. And, and going there, like... Um, any startup that happens in Spokane, there's plenty of room for you. Um, there's lots of room for massive amounts of team members and you're literally close to everything. It's amazing. Well, and the accessibility with the airport to downtown totally. too. I mean, the trains. Yeah. It's just, it, we have so many of the pieces that other communities would just, I mean, they're salivating over, right? They right. would give anything to be able to say, we have that in our community. And so to, to know that we have all these pieces, now how are we all working together to make sure that the pieces are fitting together so that we can really take advantage of all of it? And we haven't even talked about us being a medical hub. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Like the, anyway. the life sciences are just, you know, but again, the, you talk about building talent. I mean, I, I think I, I heard that Spokane has... Um, uh, larger life science education community here than even Seattle. I mean, pretty cool. That's, that's a feather in our cap. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all the things. I mean, if I say it's the perfect place, just get here. Hey, I moved it. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's get a little personal. Uh -huh. Let's, let's, let's uncover a few things that we ask all of our guests. So what do you love most about Spokane personally? I'm going to say accessibility. Um, you know, there really is, no matter what I feel like doing that day, for the most part, I can do it that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I That's just recently true. went snowboarding. Uh, it took me an hour to get up there. It was great. Uh, the next day, we went into downtown and brunched all day. Boom. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then I'm looking forward to when the snow melts, some good hikes and... <laughs> 
Uh, and then, you know, I'm a little bit of a feed my shopping habit and love it. get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, there you go. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I love it. Is the snow actually going to melt? I hope so. They told me it will. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. Spring is awesome here. Um, where's your favorite place to eat currently in Spokane? Oh, that's a good question. Downtown Spokane. I know. Uh, well, I have my, my faithfuls, I should say, right? Okay. So I, uh, I'm currently, our office is in the Peyton building. So yeah. I think I'm on a first name basis with everyone at Cochinito, uh, right? With my tacos. But, um, you know, probably one of my favorite places right now is the bar at Wind City. Okay. Um, the, uh, sausage pepper, of course you can't go wrong with that. Um, and then old fashioned on tap. Right. Um, I just had lunch today at ruins, uh, for the first time, which I mean, what's so unique about Spokane is that there's all these great secret places. So at ruins, and then you can go down to hunt below, mm-hmm. um, Durkin's Durkin's basement. Uh, I was at, um, Island Pacific kitchen. Oh, yeah. uh, or Inland Pacific Kitchen recently in Hogwash, right? I mean, it's just all these kind of like you got to be in the know to yep. be able to know all these great places. Foodie but underground. And they're so good. Yeah. I mean, just ne- right below next to us with um, Zona Blanca. I yeah. mean, it's uh, all these places that are just so amazing. And time after time, I don't know. I just, like I said, I'm trying to eat my way through. I don't know. I might, <laughs> might <luck>. need to <laughs> let out the pants and get ready for it. But, um, but it's, I feel very fortunate that there's so much. And then of course I'm also trying to, um, you know, kind of get through my breweries right now. Iron Goat is one of my favorites. Okay. And then of course, Brick West, uh, I love being on that patio. So, and going to breweries that have food resources going on a menu uh-huh. of any mm-hmm. kind, it's worth a try. Even if you don't drink beer, Iron Goat has amazing pizza. I've heard. Okay. So I have not had the pizza yet. So, so I have to go back for pizza. I did have, um, I was there and, uh, had wings that they warned were spicy. And I thought, you know, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> they warned you. Oh, they definitely, yeah, <laughs> I needed an extra warning. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Good list. Uh, favorite coffee shop. Indaba, nice. for sure. And that's, uh, again, because I'm spending so much time there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place for meetings. It is. I mean, it's when I'm, it's light. It's, uh, it just has a good vibe. That's, I mean, that's the other part of a lot of the businesses in Spokane. They just have a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally. First Avenue coffee, coffee's dissimilar. You yeah. know, it's just got this great, uh, natural light and just a fun place to be. It's the old music city. So there's a piano in there, a community piano. Oh, I have piano. seen the piano. Yeah, uh-huh. and that was a donation from the building owner to the coffee shop so that people would come and play the piano. Oh, I it's like that. pretty cool. That. I was in there one day for a meeting, and there was a four-course band, four-piece band. There was a violin, a guitar, someone was playing the piano, and someone was singing. Wow. No kidding. Right in the middle <laughs> of the day. See, but that's, again, <laughs> the kind of vibe you can get only in a downtown, right? Totally. And who to thunk it? They also have a, um, a, a mobile on the ceiling with instruments on it that was made by a local artist. Okay, next time I go in there, I'm going to have to pay a little bit better attention to the details. When you're right by the pour-overs, where uh-huh. they do all the pour-overs yeah. facing north, um, and you just look up. Huh. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And they always have art shows in there, too. Well, and I mean, and of course, the merchandise is just always so fun, right? (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, is there to close this down? Is there any advice from your experience, your personal experience as a professional, that you would give a future or current business owner in our region? Mm. You know, I think the best advice I can give 
anyone and really what, no matter what they're doing uh, for work or play is, um, participate, show up. You know, I, I think that, um, building relationships, collaborating, um, and I always call it, let's find the 80% we agree on. We may not agree on a hundred percent, but let's set aside the 20% and let's lean into that 80% because out of that, that's where great things are going to happen. And so, uh, when I say show up, community events, help each other. If it's a volunteer event, if it's, you know, a grand opening, if it's anything that we can do to help build a, our community, it's going to pay off in so many more ways. And, um, you know, as, as someone who's new to the Spokane community, I feel very fortunate that almost immediately when I got here, I had people reaching out and helping me to participate in the community and inviting me to, you know, whether make connections or build bridges or, you know, show up to an event and to be embraced so quickly in a community uh, was exciting. It made me feel like, okay, this is the place I need to be. This is where I will thrive. So now how am I paying that forward? Um, Love it. And looking forward to continuing to do it. You know, I've only been here nine months and uh, can't wait for the next nine and the nine after that. And, you know, and I think we're going to do some really cool things here. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Love the love the entrepreneurial spirit you're bringing to the table here. I hadn't met you pre- previous to our episode, so it's well, nice to you. get it's, to know you a little bit. You know, sometimes I think uh, when you think of a business organization, it's easy to, uh, I think, go with the perception or, you know, the the, uh, the, the group that's been around for a long time. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially as a downtown organization, we're always trying to think about, okay, what's next? How are we building a place where cause downtown is everyone's downtown? Yeah. So how are we truly building a place where everyone can thrive and we're downtown. So we get to be edgy and hip and do things in a way yeah. that not everyone gets the luxury to do. And unfortunately I, the team members that work with me at the downtown Spokane partnership are incredible and they're driven and agreed. They've got, you know, that same, you know, we're going to get it done attitude. And, um, I'm excited We're we've got some big plans on the horizon and we're going to get some big things done. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Also, we talked so much about art. We never brought it first Friday. Yes. I think there's, uh, there's one coming up this, this Friday, this Friday, March 3rd. So first Friday of the month, um, opportunity to experience art in locations across downtown and what what better way to eat drink and enjoy art across all the the different locations that you can enjoy and uh, that really is fun to see how the community comes together and enjoys that event i literally got my start in spokane as a business owner from art at first friday Oh, really? Yeah. That, is, that was... I love that story. 15 years ago. It's a long one. Save that for another <laughs> yeah. show, but I'd love to share it with you. It's pretty... I didn't even think about it till just now. That's a fascinating piece of the story. I, I do want to hear more together. about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could, but <laughs> we're running out of time on your end. I, I think we only slotted out an hour, and here it's been an hour and a half. Well, I can talk about downtown all day, so... Love it. You know, it... It's a passion. It is. It's a passion. You know, we don't, especially this kind of job. It's just like our ambassadors and the rest of our team members. You got to have a little fire in your belly. Yeah. uh, You're literally making a career out of downtown. (laughs) This is true. Yes. It is. It's cool. Uh, Your resume doesn't disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) We have a joke in the, in the downtown association world, right? When, if anyone can actually think about how we articulate what we do in a quick and easy to way, 
easy to understand way that our families might actually understand what we're doing all day. Cause you know, it's seven days a week and oftentimes long, long hours. Nice. Um, but it's, it's pretty incredible to see yeah. that we're contributing to building a place. It's human driven mm-hmm. humans doing things for humans. That's a great way to explain it. Yeah. I have to take that as part of <laughs> our team culture, kinetic. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share that with you. It's a, that's, that's, it's our mission statement. We're humans making things for humans. So we I should, they deserve our respect. Okay, um, let's wrap this up. So where can people find you online and DSP? So it's real easy to find DSP, downtownspokane.org. You'll find all things uh, great about downtown and especially the event calendar that Liz does a great job of making sure is always up to date with the the latest happenings in downtown. Thanks, Liz. Um, And then, of course, you can always find me uh, on the website or also uh, on Twitter, mcameronem. Cameron, pretty easy. Um, E.M. Yeah. Cameron. E.M. Cameron. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks for being here. I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that's listened to this whole episode. <laughs> you stayed awake. You, you appreciate it. And we appreciate you. Um, just a shout out to you. You're welcome to request topics and interviews or ask any questions that we might be able to answer. We'll find the guests that can get it done. Send an email to podcast at btsnw.com. If you're interested in sharing your business story, please, oh, please visit, visit our website. Let us know what you're up to and reach out to us at podcast at btsnw.com. We're in all the places. Catch us on our website, social media, our podcast platforms, and our email list at btsnw.com or behind the scene northwest. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Yeah, super fun.